Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I'm your host, Mike Broadbent. Joining me once again is my co-host, Richie Schneiderite. Richie, we have a lot to talk about. Uh, we got some some baseball news, which if you're hearing this now, you might have already read the press release, but Rutgers Baseball is getting a new facility. And we teased the facility update um, a few weeks ago, um, but they are getting a new baseball stadium off campus. We'll go all into that. We got some base basketball news, uh, the Jeremiah Williams commitment. They leave for their international trip next Tuesday, uh, August 8th. Then we got some football stuff. The recruit barbecue was this past weekend. Uh, Big Ten Media Day was this past week, and camp starts on Thursday. Let's dive in right off the top, though. Uh, the baseball team is getting a new stadium. It is a partnership yes. with Middlesex County. Tell us a little bit about this project, and uh, is it the final rest? Or not the final resting place. Is this the final home for Rutgers Rutgers baseball? <laughs> no, the program is still alive. Um, it is not dead. Um, yeah, no, so no, it's not their final resting place, but it, it gives them a little bit of a, I guess, a stopgap for now that you get your own stadium. Um, so it's going to be built in Middlesex, uh, formerly County College, Middlesex College now. Um, it's going to be built on their campus. I don't know if it's going to be where the baseball, I don't even know what you call it, facility, I guess, because it's just like a high school thing for the most part, where the baseball field is currently, or if it's going to be at the field behind it at Thomas A. Thomas A. Edison Park, I think it is. Um, so it's going to be somewhere over there located on their campus. It seems like, um, it gets you a stadium. You, you needed a stadium for, ugh, I don't even know how long it's, it's been rough. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's been too long. Yeah. I've seen high school fields that I hate to say they, that look better than Rutgers current setup. So, um, the fact that you're going to get a stadium and you're going to be the main tenant is huge. Now, mind you, I'm sure Middlesex County is going to give it to Middlesex County college if it's on their campus to use as well. Um, I'm sure they're going to do other stuff based on the, uh, press release. It sounds like they're also going to do concerts. It sounds like lacrosse and soccer is also a possibility there. And mm. then it gives, uh, it gives everyone in the County, like an opportunity to go somewhere to go play like the state championship games. Now, obviously yeah. I wish that was at Rutgers, but you're going to have Rutgers, uh, apparel, everything there. I know, um, all the requests they're taking into uh, consideration are all coming strictly from Rutgers because Rutgers is the main tenant of this place. That's, there's no questions about that. I know there's, like I just said, they're going to share it with the county. They're going to share it with uh, the county college, but this is their facility for the most part. Now, it's from one, uh, based on the renderings, it looks like it's going to be called Middlesex Park for now. I'm sure that's going to change as soon as the sponsor says, hey, we'll give you a million dollars. And exactly. Yep. Now it's now it's going to be the the cure arena, the cure ballpark or the, <laughs> the Poland Spring ballpark or any yeah. one of those other facilities in New Jersey that has a random name. Maybe Jersey Mike's ballpark. You never know. Um, okay. Let's keep yeah, up but, the, the theme branding there. Yeah, might as well just keep with this whole Jersey thing. It's uh, so it says it's a three to five year deal, and it's not going to stop them from upgrading Baton too. So they're still going to play a couple games at Baton. I'm sure midweek games and random games that are against no name opponents are going to still be played there for the most part. But uh, other than that, it seems like they're going to use this facility, and it's uh, it's only maybe 15 minutes uh, down the road from Rutgers, so it's not too bad. Um, and, and you get a ballpark. You needed this forever. Now, yeah. everyone's going to complain. And I know everyone's because 
one, number one, no one's ever happy. Um, number mm-hmm. two, it's they're going to be like, it's it's not in Rutgers campus. This is this is BS. No, but it gives you time to build one now. You yep. need money at the end of the day. And if no one's fronting the money for a baseball stadium, this is a good stopgap. The county's going to yep. pay for this. You don't have to pay. I don't know what the extent of it, but it doesn't sound like Rutgers is paying much at all for this. So it's, it is a nice facility kind of reminds me, gives you a little bit of a feel of like a Somerset uh, Patriot stadium, which again, should have been built at Rutgers too, but that's an argument for a different day. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm pretty happy with this. I think this is going to be big for Rutgers and you finally get a stadium that can actually broadcast networks and stream. The fact that you couldn't even do that at Baton was an embarrassment in its own right. So yeah. <laughs> you get to watch Rutgers baseball on TV in the future, starting in uh, 2026. Yeah, no, I I was going to mention that if you didn't bring it up, but yeah, currently the the facilities aren't even equipped to handle you know <laughs> the, the Big Ten Plus uh, offerings, so that's definitely a huge L. Uh, they don't have you know <laughs> they don't have real grandstands, mm-hmm. just like those Erector Set Stadium uh, seats. Um, so this will give Rutgers a huge facelift in terms of its baseball program. It's a mm-hmm. huge win for Rutgers because you're not footing the majority of the bill. I'm sure there'll be some some amount they have to pay either in rent or to, yeah, to help facilitate the stadium to be built, but it'll be minuscule compared to what it would cost to build your own stadium. And it leaves the door open to either, you know, build a better ballpark at Baton or to use that land for other things. Because as we all know, there's a lot, a lot of programs that want something built on campus right now. And uh, there's not much space to put this stuff. So, yeah. Um, let me see if I could pop it up real quick, actually. And, um, window window there we go here we go i mean it looks overall it looks pretty nice it's not loading is it uh it's it's, it's loading no, just it's, taking a second oops oops i messed it up again <clears throat> just see if i can do that if that works Nah, it's not gonna load it seems like whatever it um it is what there it is. Oh, there we go yeah see like it looks pretty nice like it looks like a solid facility i'm not gonna guess on a capacity but i'd probably say around five six thousand which is really yeah. all you need um there's some other ones too i think um front view looks pretty nice that little weird actually i don't know what this thing is but whatever yeah um i'm sure this isn't actually the final thing because it's going to change for the most part but you got lounge seats which is huge yep um people always love the club seats and you can get a couple couple drinks it looks like and all that good stuff mm-hmm. uh more lounge seating oops shoot too far um Little little rough rendering from Middlesex County, but I mean, hey, what are you gonna do? Um, but yeah, it, it looks nice pretty park. solid. Yeah, it looks it looks really nice, and the second view is also kind of cool up here. Whatever that might be the luxury, if I had to guess, actually. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, uh, standing only seats, it seems like over here, and all that good stuff. Like, I mean, I think it's a nice little setup, and it's it's gonna be a big venue, and Middlesex County wants to make um, this venue the go-to um, athletics facility for anything um new jersey and now you're gonna be able to host concerts and maybe the soccer team goes there for something else and maybe the lacrosse team goes over there so uh they don't use um greg shiano's football palace over there <laughs> and and then you just uh kind of divvy it up a little bit i mean i i think this is a win-win-win all around because it gives you time to build other facilities on campus while doing renovations while also having a place to still play so yeah it's a win yep and that'll be for the 2026 season, like you already said. So a few yeah. more years of Baton, and then they'll transition over to Middlesex Park. Mm-hmm. And like you said, they'll also play some additional games at Baton throughout the year. Um, yeah. 
and but three to five year plan. So our agreement, whatever it is, partnership. So it gives you, I want to say 2021, 2020, Jesus, 2031. Yikes. Um, hmm. Until uh, to build a new facility at, at Baton or slash uh, the softball field too. And then we've, we've posted the renderings that they kind of want to do there. They want to do like a joint thing with the concourse. So maybe, uh, maybe that gets built by 2031. Who knows? Ideally. Who knows? Yeah. Ideally it does, but uh, things, Things have sped up drastically under Pet Hobbs, um, mm-hmm. but things still take time. Um, there's still yeah. people who are not going to be happy that they're not being prioritized or that there's not a shovel in the ground for something. But I think this mm-hmm. is a uni- unique opportunity for Rutgers in the state of New Jersey uh, for a true win-win partnership. Yeah, so, for sure. Uh, huge news for Steve-O and the baseball program. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's move on to basketball. So uh, <clears throat> we we missed the, the instant reaction commitment last week for Jeremiah Williams. Yes. Uh, I was not in the area. Um, I was unavailable. So let's talk about Jeremiah Williams. We've, we've brought him up probably every other podcast, at least for the last <laughs> for the whole month of July. This is a kid who started out his career at Temple. He played two years, transferred to Iowa state <clears throat> towards Achilles before last season, entered the transfer portal again, committed to Illinois this yes. off season. Yep. Illinois sounds like they dropped him because they didn't like his medicals. Then he went back into the portal again. He visited Rutgers, I want to say, a week and a half, two weeks ago. And then he ended up committing to Rutgers uh, this past week. So mm-hmm. tell us about his game and, and what we, what to expect from him in terms of when he can actually get on the court. Yeah, so technically, if you watched, um, I'll give a shout out to Brian Fonseca here because he, he found it before I could. Um, he posted the highlights of Jeremiah Williams the other day. So he tours achilles last october it was and uh he's, he's already running around and playing on the court so it's not like he's far far away now after i talked to uh jeremiah he told me he wasn't 100 percent. he's probably around 75 to 80 percent. so he's getting there but the fact that he's making dribble moves and stops pivots all that stuff on that achilles is, is huge now um he still needs a waiver and it sounds like he's probably going to miss the entire season because of that waiver it's your second transfer to ncaa is being relentless with that stuff Yes, they're afraid of getting sued in some right, but when it comes to the waiver stuff, it's just not going to happen, it seems like. Um, maybe they could try to potentially push for it, but the fact that he has really no connections to Jersey or the coaching staff at all, it's it's kind of going to hurt them a little bit. But uh, this this is a really good get. I think this is going to be a great player. Is he going to start next year? Hard to say. I know I put him in my original starting, and then someone's like, yeah, you forgot Mag, and I'm like, oh, shit, never mind. Um <laughs> But, yeah, no, he's going to be a key player. He's a really good defender, on-ball defender, too. Um, he He's just – and he can score. Like, if you watch that little highlight clip, which is in the background right now for me, um, he's, he's not bad. Like, he can drive to the rim. He can hit the three. Mind you, it's just pickup ball, so it's a little bit different. But even in his tempo highlights, like, he's not the he's not a bad player on offense whatsoever. And I've been told he's a really good team player. So I know everyone's already thinking way too far ahead and saying like, well, you know, what if he graduates and only stays here for a year? That's college basketball. You're only here for a year. That's it. Like everything's that's college football too. At this point, it's one year and you get a new team every single year for the most part, Um, especially hoops because there's only 13 players or 13 scholarships, I guess. So it's a great commitment, great addition and big win for big first win for Marlon Williamson. Yeah, so this is just a good dive into his stat. So he didn't obviously play at Iowa State last year because of the injury, but in his two seasons at Temple, he started 37 games. Um, he <clears> averaged 32 <throat> minutes a game, shot 42% from the field, 
27% from three, which isn't ideal, but it was only on, you know, two and a half attempts a game. Mm -hmm. uh, he shot 64% from the line, but that was on three and a half attempts a game. Uh, he averaged three and a half rebounds, 4.2 assists, 1.3 steals, and 9.4 points a game. So he kind of, you know, sprinkled in a little bit across the stat line. He's known mm -hmm. for his defense, so this is kind of like a a Bud Light version uh, or a Miller Light version, whatever whatever your light beer favorite is of uh, of Caleb McConnell, where he's not like a polished scorer, but he's got some room for upside, but he's a really good defender. Um, this is a guy who's going to bring much-needed experience, too, to the 24 or 25 teams because, mm -hmm. you know, who knows who's going to be on that team. I can't imagine he's going to leave uh, after – you know, being at Rutgers for a year, like Rutgers is known to be a good developmental program. He could use some some rent, a sanding of his rough edges. But this is a guy I'm excited about. I don't know if he'll be a day one starter, but he'll be a heavy contributor off the bench for sure and a defensive specialist. Oh, yeah, easily. Um, like I said before, like if you're going to get Dylan and Ace and Gavin out there at the same time, you're going to need some defense. So whether that be um, – whether that be him, Mag, who knows if Mag even stays next year. Like the roster changes yeah. every single year now, and that's just how it works. And um, I know you said you think he'll probably stay, but at this point you can't guarantee anything. I thought Cam Spencer would stay. Um, that one didn't yeah. surprise me too. I thought Mulcahy would stay. Um, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, look, now he's over um, West Coast making more than six digits. Uh -huh. Six digits, but no, significant. Six, six digits. digits. He's making yeah. making good money. Uh, yeah, no kidding. So, yeah, so. this is a big commitment, but he almost certainly won't play this year for two main factors, like you already said, whether it be mm -hmm. the waiver, whether it be the injury. So yeah. he'll be, you should be fully healthy by the time that the waiver, or after the year out, um, that he has to sit. So, mm -hmm. um, additionally, for the basketball program, they are leaving for their overseas trip on. August 8th, which is Tuesday of next week. Um, there's going to be a few players who aren't going to end up playing mm -hmm. during the overseas trip. Do you expect the full roster to be fully assembled by the time they leave for uh, Dakar? It should Senegal? be. Um, they're waiting on – well, they have two open ships, put it like that. Uh, waiting on Austin Williams. We're still waiting for him to get his grade back. It sounds like August 2nd is the final deadline for them to submit that grade. Now, will he play with the team? I don't know. I really don't know if he will. I think he'll join them just to bond with the guys a little bit, but I don't know how much he would actually play realistically. Uh, in all reality, these games really don't matter. It's more about bonding as a yeah. team, doing all the other stuff. Um, but, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. It's a tough call, but it does. he's going to be a Scarlet Knight. It's just a matter, like we say every time, well, it's, it's when, not if. Um, and then that last ship usually goes to a walk-on. Pykele usually rolls it over, but it sounds like Oscar Palmquist might be taking that scholarship. Um, he was in Jersey this past weekend. I can confirm he's still in the student database, so I don't know if he ever enrolled at Elon. I'm trying to figure it out. I don't think he did because that's it's a heck of a process, first off, and it's not like he yeah. just went like boom, 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 boom. Like, no. So we're kind of just waiting to uh, see uh, an announcement from him as well because it sounds like he will be returning to the banks. And I know I say 13th scholarship, but if in reality, if you do the math based on Jeremiah Williams not playing, I think he's ahead of Jermichael Davis. I think he's probably ahead of who else on the roster. One of uh, I mean, Moat Mag's kind of not healthy. He is, but he isn't. Like he's getting there. I'd be shocked if he played game one. Um, 
and Emmanuel, and there's there's two big men fighting for backup big man spots. So he's more of like a ninth, eighth, ninth guy. So he's he's gonna play minutes. Like I, Oscar yeah. Conquist is gonna play significant minutes for this team, um, if pending his return. Even though it's it's probably gonna happen. So um, mm-hmm. both great additions, and uh, that will fill out the roster. Now, should they both be back for this trip? Yes, but I'm gonna say Oscar's more familiar with the program. He'll probably play Austin maybe a couple minutes, but he's a seventh year vet. Like you don't need these veterans out there. And uh, one of our uh, hoops residents on the boards, uh, NJ Hawk said it best. This is a trip for like, those games are for those younger guys. It's for Simpson, for Davis and Griffiths and Chole to get good minutes against quality opponents and kind of just let them uh, get a feel for the, this level of the game. I know it's a little different cause it's not college, but it's still going to be fast paced because these are professionals they're playing against. Yeah. No, I'm really excited because Rutgers has quite a few players who um, were born in Africa or lived or grew up in Africa. Like mm-hmm. Mott Mag, well, he grew up in mostly Australia. He's He was born in Sudan. He moved when he was two years old. Manuel Agbole, Agbole is from Nigeria, I believe. Mm-hmm. Cliff's from from Nigeria. Uh, Antonio Chol is from uh, Sudan. Yes. Um, so it's it'll be cool for these guys to just... I don't know if there are any families will be able to travel in to watch their games, but it would be cool if a lot of their, their family members could watch a few games while they're, you know, a country away or in the same continent for once, because we both know it's not easy to get to the United States for a lot of reasons for, for these uh, families uh, to watch their, their sons play. So yeah. I'd love to see if they uh, end up having family members show up um, and or, I, I, or I able know, to show up. Yeah. And I know no one wants to talk about it, but it's gotta be mentioned. Um, NIL, they can now, all those guys you just mentioned, all, all the guys that are on visas and this and that and from overseas can now make a little bit of money. Yep. Um, and it's <laughs> sounds like it's not just a little bit, but for some specifically. Yeah. I think no, we know I'm which ha- one. <laughs> I'm happy for a lot of those guys who can finally uh, cash in a bit. Um, yeah. <clears throat> more, than, more than deserved for, uh, for one specific guy. Yep. It sounds like. A few of those guys won't play on this trip too. Like I think mm-hmm. you might have mentioned it, but Mwat Mag won't play. Um Agbole, Agbole, Manu Agbole won't play. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeremiah Williams. So Jeremiah Williams won't play. Um, um like I said, if Austin Williams gets on campus in time, I'd be a little shocked if he played. Maybe you know, yep. maybe just to gel a little bit, but it's not gonna be anything like super significant either. Yeah. So we'll have uh we'll have more on that next week when they actually, you know, t- depart. I'm sure more details will come out. Yeah. Um, when it gets closer, but moving on, let's talk about some football. Uh, Rutgers had a big recruit, uh, visit weekend this past week, this past weekend. They had a barbecue. I believe was that at Shiano's house or was that on campus? Shiano's house because it's okay. technically considered on campus. I think. Yeah. It's, Cause yeah. Shiano has a house. That's literally, I think less than a mile off campus. It's based like on NCAA rules. You can consider that on campus. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not going to dox them, but it is very close. Uh, so tell us about how that went. I know we had a great recruit reaction uh, article from Alec or Alex uh, mm-hmm. Gleitman. Um, so tell us a little bit about how that went and some players that really seem to be digging Rutgers right now. Yes. Yeah, so they did kind of two days worth. Um, Friday was an underclassmen event where it was more of like a, hey, let's go work out in front. Of, it's kind of like a camp, I guess. It's like an elite camp. Um, mm-hmm. So they worked out in front of the staff and you saw some guys, some new guys get offers. I know we posted one article already on uh, Liam Thorpe, who's a 2025 out of the Hunt School. It's going to be one to keep an eye on, obviously, because Hunt School is kind of becoming a little bit of a feeder program for Rutgers um, for the most part. Um, 
But yeah, no, they they had uh, John Forrester, who's one of New Jersey's top guys. They had Bo Jackson, not related, but also full blown stud on campus from Ohio, um, number one twenty four in the country. Uh, Khalil Cam- Khalid Campbell out of Clearwater Academy. He's a Canadian kid. You guys have probably saw him before on the boards if you're on the boards. Um, because our Florida analyst, John Garcia Jr. posted about him. He's very, very excited about Rutgers, loves Rutgers, loves the whole Canadian uh, connection there. He's one to keep an eye on. Um, they, they just hosted so many underclassmen, um, notable underclassmen. Uh, and then on Saturday, they hosted a bunch of commits. It was a bunch of commitments, uh, 2024 committed guys. And then Caden Brown, who's not committed, but eh, kind of is a little bit like it's, it's a weird situation. He's he's got some stuff he's got to deal with off the field. But he, if he's not in this recruiting class, I want you to come back to this video and just roast me. But it's not going to happen because he he more than likely will be in this community uh, committed. Jeez, can't talk. Recruiting class <laughs> when it's all said and done, and when they do get him eventually, it's going to be a really explosive player at a premium position, and it's another huge win and and a big feather in the cap for Marquise Watson. So. Great, great weekend overall. It sounds like everyone kind of bonded, had a good time, and it's uh, we're just kind of waiting on uh, Brown's commitment, and then um, that's really it. Then they're going to shift to twenty twenty five, and well, portal too. Yeah, um, <clears throat> their class basically is almost full for twenty four, but it's great to hear these really glowing reviews from some of the top players or their top mm-hmm. targets in two thousand twenty five and twenty six. Um, I know you've talked about Forster for a while as somebody to watch in 25, who Rutgers is doing really well with. Uh, Sounds like Bo Jackson from Ohio really enjoyed his (laughs) visit. Uh, Not that Bo Jackson, not related to that Bo Jackson, but he has the same name, but he's, you know, a high four star in that class. Yep. I truly think that if, if Rutgers can kind of get over that hump this year of, you know, getting to six and six, maybe having an upset, looking competitive, at least in most games, like you're still going to, it's so tough to really hang with uh, programs like Ohio state, Penn state, Mm -hmm. Michigan. When you play them every year, even with this realigned (laughs) conference, it's, it's really tough to truly not get look embarrassed at some point, but if you can, you know, maybe upset Wisconsin, maybe upset in Iowa, get to six and six, make a bowl game, not get embarrassed. Like, I truly think the floodgates could open. It's just New Jersey's so much of a prove it state <laughs> that you're not going to get the benefit of the doubt ever. You just need to go out there and prove it. So Rutgers, yeah. I think they're on the precipice of the prove it stage. It's just, they got to go out and do it. And I know that Chiano kind of mentioned that in his big 10 media day, and this will be a, a transition to that, uh, how he basically, you know, they've seen progress internally, but ultimately mm-hmm. all that matters is are you winning or not? Because that's ultimately going to dictate everything else. So what did you hear at Big Ten Media Day from Shiano and, and the players that went? I think Johnny Langan, mm-hmm. Aaron Lewis, and Deion Jennings went. Anything that yeah. really stood out to you from Big Ten Media Day? Um, well, starting off with what you said about the, the going forward with the new schedule that's going to come out next year. or not, I guess it already did come out kind of for the most part. Um, Greg, they asked him about it and then Greg even kind of laughed. He's like, it's the same schedule for the most part. Like it's, he <laughs> yep. changed one team and it's like, yeah, here you go. Here's a harder team, but yeah. Um, oh, Indiana, yeah. the, the team that you've beaten twice in a row. Let's, yeah. uh, let's mm. give you Iowa instead. How about I that? It wasn't UCLA. It might be UCLA. Yeah. Right. I think, yeah. I think it's UCLA and I'm like, just, okay. Like, yeah, go ahead. Go across country and play a better team. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they talked about that. Um, he talked about obviously naming Gavin Wimsett as the quarterback one, which is the first time he's done this before training camp since, since, and don't, don't quote me on this, but I believe it's since Mike Teal, honestly, 
because okay. Chase Dodd and Gary Nova were always fighting for it. Um, Gary Nova or Chase Dodd and Tom Savage were fighting for it. I don't think even Savage was named starter before game one because I think it was, wasn't it Dominic Natale or is that a different year? Yes. So yeah. Dom Natale started that season. Uh, we played Cincinnati. We were getting the yep. doors blown off us. I think it was 2009. <laughs> and then he got benched at halftime and that was the Savage show the rest of the year. And then even then, I think Savage was competing with Dodd. I know he won the job to start the season, but then I think Dodd pushed him and that's when Dodd's um, takeover kind of came into play. Yep. And it was Dodd again. And then it's like, oh, no, Gary Nova's coming in. So Gary Nova's pushing mm-hmm. him. And then, then that whole rotating quarterbacks every other game. Yep. Um, so, yeah, this is the first time he's done this in a long time. So he talked about that. He talked about his confidence in Gavin. Um, it's going to be interesting to see uh, how much that played an effect in Gavin's confidence going forward because you need him to be a full-blown stud. It's, it's coming down to him at this point because O-line's starting to get better. Um, they're starting to look more like a better O-line. Uh, they're going to be a little bit of a veteran presence, too, between Curtis Dunlap, Ireland Brown, Holland Pierce. Uh, the right side's what really scares me. Um, unless you switch Dunlap to right or put keep him at right guard. I know he's playing left guard in spring, so it's a little tough there to see what he does. Um, but yeah, I mean that that right side of the line kind of really worries me. But between that and and Wimpsett, that's really it because the receivers are now there. I think Jaquay Jackson's a stud. I think Nassim Brantley's really good. Um, who else? Chris Long has a, a lot of potential. Rashad Rochelle. Christian Jermel, um, keep going on and on, but it's uh he didn't really say much. He's very excited about Sharaka coming back too. Um, and then they always ask the typical question. It's like, how, how important is it to keep kids from Bosco and Bergen and all them to stay home? And I, no shit. It's important. Like it's just a <laughs> dumb question. I hate when the national media asks it. Cause it's like, mm-hmm. you don't think if he could get them, he would get them to stay home. Like, and yep. mind you, he's got a Bergen Catholic kid committed right now. So like, it's the first one in a long time, and it's a good one at that. Um, yep. So, yeah, I guess I hate I hate Big Ten Media Day for shit like that. Just do it locally. Let the local guys ask the questions. You still televise it like you do every other press conference, mm-hmm. and it would make so much more sense because you get better questions and get more in-depth yep. stuff. But instead, they let some random Illinois guy be like, hey, like, what do you think of the Big Ten West this year? And it's like, I don't know, dude. We play like two other teams. We don't give a shit. Like. It's just I I don't know I hate media day personally because and then it's a bunch of coach speak too at that like don't get me wrong Greg's a phenomenal public speaker he looked great in that panel uh, with the big ten Big Ten Network panel but like half the time they're just laughing making jokes like they're not even talking yeah. anything like a yep. value and then um, you mentioned the three players Aaron Lewis is he might as well be the spokesperson for this program going forward for yeah, this, this year next year. He really impressed me with just how personable he is, how comfortable he was on camera. Like, mm-hmm. he kind of, you were talking about this off the pod, but he, he kind of reminded me of how Rob Gronkowski is on like Fox when he's in studio yeah. analyst. He's <laughs> just got like so much enthusiasm. He's a little goofy. He doesn't have like, he doesn't say like outlandish things, but he's just very passionate about mm-hmm. uh, really everything. And he's lighthearted uh, and he clearly knows his shit. So, yeah. really, really cool to have a potential. Uh, Media, another Rutgers media guy, maybe in the future. Uh, since Rutgers has had uh, between the the Women's World Cup having yeah. like half the panelists being Rutgers <laughs> grads, you have the McCourty brothers killing it. Mm-hmm. Like it's it, like Rutgers can really recruit on you know being in the media capital of the world. And you know yeah. our guys, not only do they have success on the field, but off the field, they stay in the sports game, they stay in broadcasting, and they're killing it. Mark, yeah. I mean obviously Sean O'Hara, like our guys are killing it. 
It's yeah. awesome to see. No, no, it's he's definitely got a bright future uh, post NFL career, obviously, because uh, it's going to be a little shocked if he wasn't an NFL draft pick next year. I think he, I hate to say yeah. it, I'll tell yes. you now, but he's probably one more year and done, and that's it. He's he's just that good. Um, Deion Jennings spoke pretty well too. Johnny Langan, same. Um, they're both. I would assume all three would probably be named captains um, going forward. Yep. I know. I don't think Shauna named any yet. I got to double check on that. But um, yeah, I mean, all three were great spokespersons for the program. They all said the right things. It's just Aaron Lewis had a little bit more juice to him. But overall, yeah. it was a it was a good it was a good uh, media day. Nothing crazy was said, and you got out of there with uh, no losses. I guess no. <laughs> only wins. Yeah, and I don't think anybody expected. Shiano to put any bulletin board material out there. No, never does. Um, but he's, I think he said more this year than he typically does, especially yeah. with like the announcement of Gavin being the starter. Mm-hmm. That was huge. He normally keeps that as like this really tight lipped secret. Um, like he did last year. I think last year was a little bit different because of the injury, mm-hmm. but uh, clearly they're all behind Gavin and we'll see how things go because it's so important early in the season to really rack up those wins. Because if you don't have four wins coming out of September, the, uh, the prospects of making a bowl are pretty slim. So we'll see how yeah. things go. It's, it's going to be an interesting game one. I know he, the the new head coach, interim head coach of Northwestern was doing the same thing. He didn't say anything bad. Just kind of was like, ask me what you have to ask me. I'll move on. Just keep going. Yep. So, Week one's going to be uh, quite the storyline for not even records for their opponent more more so. Yep. So we'll see uh, who would have thought. I know, and that'll that'll be you know, it's it's on a Sunday at noon on Labor Day weekend. <laughs> That's uh, a that'll be that. a game that has a lot of national eyes, mainly for to see how Northwestern handles uh, the whole scandal they've gone through this offseason. Yeah, um, it, it's interesting. It's it's definitely kind of. Gonna be an interesting one. I know it's on a. I don't like the decision to put it on Sunday personally on a weekend like that too. But what are you gonna do? Yep, it gives us a national game. We'll be on CBS, so there we go. You're good. Right. Yeah, yeah. It'll be nice to be on the national broadcast, but yeah, not ideal time wise. But we'll take it. Yeah. What are you gonna do? So. Uh, the last thing we have football-wise is that the training camp starts on Thursday for the yes. 2023 season. Um, so there'll be a press conference, obviously. Uh, rosters will come out. Are you expecting mm-hmm. anything substantial on Thursday? No, it's it's going to be the same old, same old. It's, you're not going to get a whole ton of information. You'll get you'll get some, don't get me wrong. We definitely do get some good info. Um, whoever you guys want to hear from, they, they let us request ahead of time now of player wise. Now I can't guarantee you we're going to get these players, but if, whoever you guys want to hear from, throw it in the comments, throw it on, uh, on the boards, DM it to me, say like, Hey, I, I don't, I don't everyone say Gavin Wimsett. Cause we all know, like we're all going to request Wimsett probably every week if we can. Um, but if you have a request for like a specific player and like any storyline, I know we're going to request the big names every time for the most part, but maybe we'll reach out to, I don't know how Pierce and get his story a little bit more in depth or, um, trying to think of a, a random name sean bound like we're gonna get the transfers obviously i was gonna say the transfers would probably be the most interesting from my mm-hmm. perspective just to hear their stories how they're liking ruckers so far blah blah, yeah. blah. and then uh, how many people offered you nil <laughs> right all that good stuff but uh yeah no i mean if you guys have any requests whatsoever feel free to shoot them in the the comments our dms etc the message board I'll, I'll do my best to get a 
as many interviews as possible. I know Thursday is when it officially starts. And then I believe the next two Saturdays or two Saturdays after that, whatever it is leading up to the season will be scrimmages. They're going to practice three, two days, two days a week. We're allowed to go. And um, the third day would be that scrimmage too. So we uh going to be an exciting time. It's uh the football season's here. This is, this is it. Yeah, no, I'm excited. I uh, can't wait to see how the team sounds like they're doing. Um, and maybe, I don't know, because in the spring, a lot of times you're just getting people acclimated with the offense. You're not actually mm-hmm. like installing a ton. You're just kind of getting people up to speed. Yeah. And so what you hear and what you see in the spring is usually a lot different than what you see in training camp. Oh, yeah. Um, and... Uh, yeah, that's about it for me. What else you got for, for the, the people before we leave? I got one more thing and I want to talk about it real quick. And I, I actually kind of want to get your thoughts because I know my thoughts on this. Clemson, Florida State, Washington, and Oregon. It's the rumor for the Big Ten. What, what, what do you think about that? I don't I don't know. I mean, hmm? uh, it's it's clearly, I mean, anybody who doesn't have their, their head in the sand knows that this is like a, the Power Five has become a Power Two between the Big yeah. Ten and the SEC. And it's kind of like you're boxing each other out. Like mm-hmm. you probably know if, if you're not taking a Florida State, you're not taking a Clemson. They're going to go to the SEC. That makes them stronger. So you have to determine if it's worth it to to kind of push aside some of the stuff that you've kind of st- stood on for a while, like the AAU membership. Neither Clemson yeah. nor Florida State are AAU institutions. They're not particularly known for much in terms of academics. Period. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> They do have the. I think they're the only programs outside of Ohio State who have won a national championship in the last like fifteen years. True. Um, and sorry, outside of Ohio State, that are not SEC teams. Yes, Charlie should have qualified that. Um, so the it gives the, the football conference more clout, but it kind of puts aside some of the you know the academic stuff, which is fine with me. But the Big Ten kind of really prides itself on that. I don't know. It's it's conflicting. It's going to come down to the numbers, obviously. Is this mm-hmm. going to beef up the, the package the rest of the programs make? If it does, then I'm for it. If it doesn't, I think it's kind of pointless. Yeah, I mean, if, and the other thing is, is like, yeah, you said that, like the AAU thing. And if you want the AAU thing, you probably go, what, Virginia, UNC maybe? Virginia, UNC, yep. Yeah, which I, I like the UNC edition, especially from a hoops perspective, because oh, yeah. SEC hoops is, it's, it's good, don't get me wrong, but it's not, I think the Big yep. Ten's better. Um, and then you get UNC at it, and and Virginia is a great program too in their own right. So, yeah, both programs have won a national title in the last decade. They've both been the number one seeds in the tournament multiple times. Yeah. Uh, you know, UNC made it. I think they made three national championship games in the last ten years. So. Yeah, they've won two. So, yeah. and then there's a Virginia or not Virginia the. Uh, Oregon and Washington thing. I feel like you need to add them kind of for the most part, just because you, you yeah. can't have USC and UCLA traveling this, this much, that much yeah. constantly, whether it be football, basketball, or any other sport, it's just, it's, it's tough. So add those two, just give them a little, uh, a pod over there, I guess the West pod, big 10 West pod. So I do wonder what happens to the Oregon States of the world. The, oh, they're, they're dead. <laughs> the North Carolina States. Like where do all these programs end up? Is it just like yeah. an AAC type thing where, you know, you take all those and kind of coalesce them into one shitty conference. Oh, that's where if you're the PAC 12, you're already dying. Just try to merge with them and beg them to merge. And you could call it the ACC still, but probably can't, but that 
all coast conference maybe uh, I, don't, I don't know whatever it is um yeah you, i think you just try to merge if you're those two because the big 12 starting to they're plucking teams from pac 12 <laughs> like, yeah the big 12 is definitely cutting the most throats out there right now they yeah. got their they jumped the pac 12 in terms of their tv deal mm-hmm. pac 12 i believe was is up a year ahead of big 12 with the big 12 yeah it's a little more motivated and that's that's, I think they're getting pushed. The Big Ten's getting pushed by, right now by those Pac-12 teams yeah. um, in terms of like Oregon and Washington floating it out there mm-hmm. that they're applying for membership to the Big 12. Who knows yeah. if that'll actually happen. Colorado left for the Big 12 after I think they realized they didn't really have a home Any, anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. Any other option. I mean, good good move on their part, but mm-hmm. if you're Oregon and Washington, I know everyone keeps talking about if you're – I'm sorry. If you're the Big 12 commissioner and the Big 12 schools, do you say like – yeah, we'll take you for two years until the Big Ten wants you. And I'm like, yeah, probably because you it's, it's yeah. survive or die at this point, like yep. or adapt or die. And I think you take them and you just kind of bank on eh, – they're not going to stay, so it doesn't really matter. But you just bank on the Big Ten, maybe not taking them. <laughs> just pray. Yeah. It's yep. uh, it's tough. It's going to be interesting. I don't know what the hell is going to happen next, but it sounds like they're going to add at least one more school, whether it be Arizona or UConn. I know it sounds like the Big 12 kind of starting to vote, vote against UConn, it sounds like, a little bit. But – it sounds like that's option number two because they want Arizona first, but then where does Arizona state go? Like you, you still got rivalries that you kind of got to protect a little bit, I would think. Right. At the very least. I think the, the death knell to the rivalries is when the Texas A&M went to the sec. Oh, yeah. Like, like at that point it was clear that they don't give a single fuck about <laughs> traditional yeah. rivalries, the history of college stuff. Like, that was like, okay, if these two programs are separating and they basically are never going to play anymore, mm-hmm. okay, then college athletics in terms of, you know, the, the local rivals, the history, like nobody cares. This is yeah. all about money. So they really don't care about splitting up rivals. It's yeah, clear. That's true. I mean, hell, uh, what do you call it? Almost every Big Ten school has a rival technically though, not Penn State, which is weird in its own right, but. I don't know. This is going to be uh, an interesting couple of months because it sounds like the Big Twelve or Pac Twelve has a meeting tomorrow to discuss. Uh, I don't know emergency plans like hit hit the mm-hmm. nuke button, maybe blow it up, <clears throat> add San Diego State. Uh, I don't know. It, the whole thing is going to be interesting. And the, the cool thing is, is if you're Rutgers, you kind of just sit back and watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rutgers got a seat at the table. Um, yeah. Early before the the true chaos hit, and you always got to. Thank you, Lucky Stars, for that one, because had it not been for the Big Ten throwing us the lifeline when TV deals were so tied to, like, cable subscriptions yeah. and, you know, markets, like, people don't care about markets anymore. Like, if Rutgers no. was trying to get in on this now, like, cool, you're in the New York market. We're in an industry that's dying Streams. rapidly. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's all I got. One thing that I forgot uh, – the Big Ten Network has their annual fall campus uh, training camp Ooh, tour yes. that starts next week. Um, they kick off on Monday, I believe, in Indiana. Or, mm-hmm. sorry, is that Sunday in Indiana? It's the 6th. Yeah, so it's Sunday. They'll be at Indiana. Uh, they're going to be at Rutgers on Wednesday the 9th. So Did you're going to see more. I mean, I'm looking. Oh, that's from five years ago. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was going to say it's August 4th, Nebraska. So they're starting right, sorry this week. Yeah. I don't know why that would be the first result on Google, but my bad. So it's going to be on Wednesday, August 9th, but they are starting it this week on Friday at, at Nebraska. Yes. So Wednesday the 9th, you're going to see, obviously, the Big Ten Network is going to feature Rutgers all day. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to see more footage at a camp than you would anywhere else because uh, I don't know if you remember from last year, yeah. they were allowed to film <laughs> uh, 
you had that one throw from Gavin Wimsett that like lit Rutgers Twitter on fire. Yeah. yeah. Um, so be prepared next Wednesday because you're going to get more content than probably anybody's going to be allowed to put out for the rest of the week for the rest of the summer for Rutgers football. So oh, 100 percent, 100 percent. Speaking of Aaron Crookshank, though, he had a highlight reel oh, yeah. catch from training camp for the Bears, too. I don't, if anyone hasn't seen it, I know you retweeted it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a crazy one-handed, like, it was a, a fade route into the end zone um, yeah. in, like, red zone drills. And he just caught this, like, crazy, twisting, one-handed catch. Um, <clears throat> so it sounds like he's, he's having a pretty nice camp. I don't know if he's, like, the team or not, but it's always a good sign when you're uh, creating viral cri- clips in uh, training camp if yeah. you're trying to make a team. He had one. Avery Young had one. Um, there's also a clip out there of Antone, Antoine Wilf, Winfield Jr. also raving about Christianism with the Bucks. Like this is, yep. it's been quietly a very good um, training camp for Rutgers rookies. So we'll see if they make the team. Yeah, Rutgers has had historically a pretty high hit rate for undrafted guys too. I don't know, mm-hmm. like if there's any like numbers behind that, but it seems like a lot of Rutgers undrafted dudes end up making like more than you would think. Yeah. Like, NFL rosters like Trey Avery was an example last year. Three guys who have done it seemingly every year. I'm glad you said Trey Avery. And there's one more thing I want to bring up. So we did the Madden rankings last week. They did him dirty. He got a 62. Oh, jeez. Avery Young, Christian Braswell, Christian Izian are all above him, and they're all rookies. But Trey Avery had a hell of a fucking year. Yeah, no, he was one of the best rookies. Period. Last year, um, regardless of. Of a position, he had a great year, and they just they screwed him over. Don't get me wrong; I mean, hey, it's ninety-one speed, ninety-two agility, ninety-two acceleration, but fifty-nine man coverage when the guy was basically on an island half the time and stopped major, large majority of them. It was ridiculous. Yeah, playing playing for a guy like Mike Rabel down in Tennessee, like that is not easy to to get in uh, as a as a undrafted rookie playing his defense. So. Yeah. So, I mean, I Madden, I don't know what, what's going on over there, but they also had several Rutgers players who were free agents, so I guess that's why they don't list them, but they had several free agents that weren't listed at all. I know Kamoko Toure also just signed with the Falcons. Falcons, yep. Yeah. So he wasn't listed, although he'll probably be in there in the first update as soon as they do all that stuff. Um, we'll, see, we'll see if he can make some noise too and try to make a, the roster spot too. So it's not not a lot of NFL nights currently, but there there's some high ones like uh, Pacheco got an eighty, Ed, Edwards got a seventy seven, um, Burton's a sixty nine, nice, Croft sixty nine, <laughs> nice, um, Bo Melton yeah. sixty eight, uh, Sebastian Joseph they they kind of did a little dirty too. They dropped his ranking from an eighty to a seventy five. I wasn't happy about that one, but hmm. um, Willington Prevalon. A lot of people don't remember him. He's still in the, he's in the game <laughs> still. Tampa Bay Bucks. So. Uh, We'll see, we'll see what happens. But uh, Clark Harris wasn't listed. Sanu, Sean Ryan, Krukshank actually wasn't listed either. Fadakasi, who also was making some noise recently, I saw with the uh, I think he's with New England now. Mm-hmm. Um, Logan Ryan, Deron Harmon, Clark Harris, all bless Austin are all free agents, so they're not in the game either. But I'm sure we'll get uh, some updates going on that. We might have to update it throughout the season, kind of like they do, just the, the Rutgers version. Yeah, I don't know if uh, I don't think Clark Harris has announced his retirement, but I know he got hurt last year and they replaced him uh, as a long snapper with a younger guy. He's thirty nine now, turns forty. All right, I guess he just turned thirty nine. So probably mm. uh, the end of his career. But man, what a yeah. career he had <laughs> for a guy who got drafted in the seventh round as a tight end in two thousand seven. Played 
15 years as a long snapper in the NFL. Yeah. Not bad. He was the highest paid at one point too, wasn't he? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, and uh, long snapper, you will continue though, because Andrew DePola is still uh, the Minnesota Vikings long snapper. Yep. So. All right, guys. Well, thanks once again for listening. Thanks for, to all the people who have liked it, liked, subscribed, reviewed. Uh, you guys have been awesome with doing that. Um, just keep it up if you haven't. If you haven't, also, come on, help us out. Yeah. Help like, your boys you, out. What are you doing? Like, come on. Yeah. One of these days, we got to do a. I, I know we keep saying this. Got to do a little bit of drinking on this podcast. Yeah. Hopefully. Uh, I mean, I've been. Yeah, this it's, is it's, vodka, it, but. <laughs> It's it's nice when there's like some kind of announcement happening. Like the tournament announcement would be nice. This past year it would have been pretty fucking sad if we did that. Oh but, god, imagine we just had a champagne uh-huh. and it was like <laughs> Yeah, every every time Rutgers isn't called out, you, you drink. Um oh, God. Jeez. Oh, Sixty four drinks. Wait, no, more than that. <laughs> yeah, we'll figure something oh, out. Jeez. Um, but once again, thanks for listening. This has been another edition of the podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.